Hello, everyone. Frank and Dan here again, and we'd like to say thank you to John Ball for requesting this topic we're going to discuss today, and that's sympathetic villains, and that may be him right now. Uh, <laughs> Should we start that again? Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck it. No, oh, Dave. What the fuck does he want? That's, a, that's our <laughs> intro right there. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck does he want? Hello, everyone. Frank and Darren here again with another quick fire episode requested by Jonathan Ball, and that's Sympathetic Villains. You know, Darren, we, there's some villains in the movies and on TV that we really, really hate, but there's some that we kind of get. Yeah, there, there, there are. There's a, there's a, there's, there's quite a few on that I could think of for this. Actually, at first I was really scratching my head, and then as I got into it, I realized, wow, there's quite a few villains that have some sort of redemption or that turn good at the end or that help someone to survive or that change their mind. That kind of sums up my first one, which is Frank Hummel from The Rock, played by um, Ed Harris. Uh, He doesn't dance in this film, which is a shame. (laughs) Um, But basically, his character is a a retired uh, general in in the... um, I guess he's a... Is he a ranger or a Uh, seal? A marine. Okay, okay, okay. And he takes over Alcatraz and demands a hundred million for the families of, of his kind of fallen comrades who who haven't been uh, compensated in any way. He takes people hostage. He threatens to fire rockets at um, at uh, San Francisco. And there's a point in the movie where he realizes that you know because the guy's got conscience because of what he's doing, he's doing it. It's, it's a kind of uh, you know a, a, a charitable sacrifice, I guess. There's a point in the movie where as he just kind of gets cold feet and backs out and says, look, we've, we've got our message out there now. We don't need to carry, carry, you know, carry this through. We don't need to fire these rockets. And unfortunately, the mercenaries that are with him, um, Tony Todd's one of them and Buckingham Woodbine, I think, is another one. They disagree and they want to they power forward with this. They want to they launch these missiles. But, you know, he's like, he's having second thoughts and, and and he ends up being, I think he gets shot by one of his own guys, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and so this this kind of guy that's the antagonist throughout the movie has a change of heart, sympathizes with um, the people of San Francisco and the fact that, you know, they, they're really not going to um, complete their mission and so backs down but ends up sacrificing himself for it anyway. And, you know, that was what was so interesting about Ed Harris in The Rock. I thought that he was a different kind of villain. It was a different, you know, motive, what he was doing. It wasn't, you know, somebody kind of rubbing their hands with greed or or anything like that. He had a cause for what he was doing. And so, yeah, I'd say he was a pretty sympathetic villain. I, I agree 100%. Of course, Ed Harris can play a great asshole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... The, the reason for him being such a sympathetic villain in this movie is that I remember the line he says, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, that he says in the movie, he's like, they called our bluff, I'm not going to fire innocent people. But Tony Todd's character says, when we took hostages, we became mercenaries, and mercenaries get paid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a great film, great action. Yeah. But we talked about it a few weeks ago on, on yep. another episode, didn't we? Our guilty Pleasures, yep. that was it. Um, but yeah, what you got? So I think my first uh, 
sympathetic movie villain is the granddaddy of them all, and that's Frankenstein's monster. My wife suggested this one to me, but I knew you would do it. No matter how many movies Frankenstein's monster is in, and no matter how many people play that character, it's always sympathetic when people can recognize that this is a creature that has never been asked to be made. It is part of a scientist's mad delusion to play God. And learning that his own creation has turned against him and that he can't control him, which is basically the, the whole you know, tone of the movie and, the, and the, the whole plot of the movie is that you shouldn't be playing God. But the problem is, is that with this villain who doesn't know his own strength, be reasoned with and bursts out like a child would with this strength. You know, when he threw the little girl that was uh, he considered a friend because he saw her, you know, throwing stuff into the water, threw her in and she drowned. Mm. You felt bad for him because he didn't yeah, know. He didn't understand. Yeah. And then he's going around killing people because he is simply that. He does not understand. Yeah. yeah. And it's based because it's because of the scientist Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein playing God. Yeah. It's sad. And no matter what movie you look at, you know, Monster Squad, Frankenstein, you know, becomes Frankenstein's monster becomes the savior for Phoebe. And what happens to him? Goes out into limbo. Yeah. Gone. Mm. You know, he sees himself as scary. Yeah. But. He's really a villain. Yeah. He really is. Absolutely. He's, yeah, he's yeah, killing he's, people. There is always that sense. And Monster Squad is a great example of, of that, you know, that sequence within that film, whereas he has that kind of bond with that girl. And yeah, yeah and, and, and there's that, that kind of moment where, as, as Barry talked well about it for us um, a few weeks ago, whereas he's kind of getting sucked back into the, into the portal. Uh, and the girl's trying to save him. She's trying to. She's. It's a kind of reversal of what happened with the original Frankenstein movie, mm-hmm. I suppose. You know, um, he killed the girl, and you know, she can, she fails to save him in this, and he he gets sucked in. Yeah, no, it's um, Frankenstein's always one of those. It's kind of the top of top of the list when you think about sympathetic movie villains, really, isn't it? Yep. All right, now we're getting all misty eyed. <laughs> I just realized I'm going to save my um, my next one to last so I'm going to yeah. pull one up now I'm going to go Darth Vader that's the obvious one as well for me now not initially I mean it takes a long time for any of that sympathy to come, to come through because you know there's such an arc with this character from Anakin Skywalker through to Vader through to being you know Luke's father and 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 that moment within Return of the Jedi when he sees his own son being um, basically killed. Not killed, but he's being killed in the process of being killed. And he decides to switch allegiances and and, and kill um, the Emperor by picking him up and throwing him down the... What is it? Like a shaft or something he throws him down? An asshole? <laughs> An asshole, <laughs> the asshole of the uh, of the Death Star, or no, yeah, something ship. like that. It's a big old shaft he chucks him down. It, are they even yeah. on the Death Star? No, no, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he he he. No, they are. Are they? <laughs> they, they, they are. <laughs> You'll recognize the I power of this. Whether... I'm not a Star Wars person, people. I don't. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I am, and I can't remember. 
This is what well, we're going to get Sean correcting us now. <laughs> anyway, he flings the emperor down a, a, a shaft of some sort, and um, and then this this kind of bond happens between him and and, and Luke. Um, well, you know, in his in his final moments when he's uh, when he's dying, and he asks him to take his mask off. Um, yeah, the sympathy comes out in um, in droves in that sequence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, something you never thought you would see, but yeah, I guess that's my second sympathetic movie villain. And, and Vader has killed lots of people, you know. Yes, even a, oh, even you don't a think planet about it. <laughs> he killed his grandma and then go to bed. He's just, <laughs> he he killed his relatives looking for Luke. Yeah, he killed you know uh, uh, Ben, Uncle Ben, and and uh, Aunt May. Well, he didn't personally, did he? But he <laughs> sanctioned it, I guess. Uncle Ben and Aunt May. <laughs> Aunt May. <laughs> Uncle Owen and Aunt... Beatrice? Oh, who knows? <laughs> yeah, but I can understand because it was... You don't... You shouldn't feel pity for Darth Vader uh, because he is probably the all-time biggest villain of cinematic history. Yeah, yeah. Until that moment where his son actually sees he actually sees his son dying like he said yeah yeah and then he had enough and then you feel yeah, bad for him but yeah. that doesn't but that doesn't take away from that he killed millions of people <laughs> no i know and there was always part of me throughout this final trilogy and you know i i, I was a, always a huge fan of the the middle three films never really or into any of the prequels, yeah. and after Force Awakens, I was never comic really books and the novels and everything. yeah, no, not into any of that stuff. Um, and and but you know, the Last Jedi was it, and what was it? Was it the Last Jedi? Was that what it was called? The Last Jedi and the Rise and then of, Rise, Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker. Yeah, there was so many moments during those movies and and the trailers leading up to them and all that kind of stuff where I was like. Is Vader going to come back? He's coming back. He's coming back. We're going to see Vader. You know, they put the breathing over the trailers and yeah. all that kind of stuff. The and mask like, is, the helmet's there. The, the helmet's there. And like, but they're just, no, nah, they never did it. They never did it. No, they don't have the balls. No. no. <laughs> okay. Okay, your next one. My next one uh, is from Batman and Robin, the movie, played by the great Arnold Schwarzenegger, and that is... Dr. Freeze. Mr. Mr. Freeze. Freeze. Dr. Freeze, Mr. Freeze. Well, he's actually a doctor. He's actually a doctor. Yeah. Uh, but his, his villain's name is, is Mr. Freeze. Um, also in the comic books, too. Um, so the storyline, in, in, in a nutshell, is that it was a, a doctor who had a laboratory accident trying to find a cure for his wife who has an incurable disease. And that's all he wants to do is just bring his love back to life. And he has no choice but to commit crimes in order to do it. I, th- I, think, I, don't think, I don't think there's anything that we would do in order to help our, lev- our loved ones, including commit you know, robberies and, and crimes and maybe even killing another person. You know, but it, unfortunately, you know, uh, Mr. Freeze and, uh, is doing... You know, unthinkable acts, all in order to save his wife, the woman he loves. But he can't even touch her. Yeah, and he can't live in, and he can't even live in in normal climate. He has to live in something like thirty below, 
in order to sustain his his life. You that is that depressing, noise? Darren. You hear that noise? What noise? That's that's nothing. The it, violin. That's the sound of people unsubscribing right now. We talked about Batman and Robin. But really? It's the character. It's not. It's it's it's. I'm basing it upon the only time we ever seen him in a movie, and that was chill. You know. <laughs> yeah, let's kick some ice. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, and, and that's the one with the nipples, right? Don't they have nipples on the on the on, uh, the, on their suits? Yeah, yeah. But it's the character, you know, and the reason why he was only Damn. he's only been in one movie, and that was Batman and Robin. But he's a sympathetic villain in throughout the comic books. Okay. Oh, right. Okay. So you're linking it now to the comic books rather than the actual Schumacher. I'm not doing just a f- movie. I'm doing him <laughs> as a character. But we never saw him on screen until you know Arnold. You know. Yeah. Uh, okay. Nice try. All right. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, there's only one person here who has a heart of uh, you know a cold heart, and that's Darren. Right there. <laughs> I can't believe we did Batman and Robin. Never mind. Okay, my next one is, um, and Jason Nike, one of our good friends uh, on YouTube, is going to like this one, I think, and they'd probably be on his list, and that's Apollo Creed. You know, for two movies there, he was the antagonist, he was the villain of the Rocky movies, and then all of a sudden, partway through Rocky Three, he has this kind of change of heart and befriends Rocky, and um, trains him up to take on Mr. T, Clubber Lang. Um, and yeah, so he turns face um, in Rocky Three, which I thought was a really cool idea at the time. Uh, what's his name? Carl Weathers. Mm-hmm. Action Jackson himself. Um, Apollo Greed. Dylan. Greed. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Dylan as well from Predator. So yeah, so Apollo Creed is, is sitting in my list. I think he was, a, he was a great sympathetic movie villain who kind of... Went so I guess go went full circle and uh, and 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 sided with Rocky. I, I agree with you. It's it's a everyone wanted Rocky to win in the movie mm. because he did went the distance, and I think a lot of people didn't like Apollo at first. But Apollo is a very likable character, yeah. but he's a villain when it comes to facing Rocky because yeah. it's yeah. the arrogance that Apollo has that I think that a lot of people don't like. Where a lot of people saw Rocky as the common man, you know, the Absolutely. blue collar. You know, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Even though he, okay. like you said, he redeemed himself. Um, he did in part three. All right, what you got now, next? My jingle next all the way. Jingle all the way. Yes, uh, Sinbad. <laughs> <laughs> Sinbad, jingle all the way. Um, 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 you know, screw you. You know, I put Batman and Robin up there. I don't give a shit. It's the character, goddamn it, not the movie. Uh, my next one, and probably a lot of people are not going to know him based upon the, his name, his character's name, but it's Gerard Butler playing, I think his name is Clyde Shelton in the movie Law Abiding Citizen. Ah, yeah, I like this film. So it deals with a guy who whose family got murdered, uh, and basically the system let the murderers free, and he kills the people who killed his family but he's going after the very system that put him out there all yeah. from prison it's a smart mm-hmm. movie and yeah. he's going after every single person who are in some people's eyes are guilty for allowing these wa- these people to walk away with basically a slap on the wrist and Jamie Foxx right Jamie Foxx is in it uh, there's a point where he kills a judge um, who 
helped in their release because it was her job. And basically, everyone who uh, is corruptible or does he doesn't think that justice can prevail, he takes out, he wipes out in a smart way too, because he does it all from, like I said, the confines of a cell. Yeah, it's it's a it's a smart little film and and incredibly violent as well. Yeah, some yeah. nasty moments in that film. <laughs> And he, he goes nasty. from a family man to this person. It's like, oh, my God. I'm, I'm sure most people have seen certain aspects of their you know, justice system where people have gotten away. And you're just like, this is so corrupt. This is, is so bad. You shouldn't be following the law. But without these certain laws and certain technicalities, you wouldn't have a basically free society. You mm-hmm. wouldn't. Everyone is treated equally. Uh, but... Sometimes you have to be the villain in order to see justice. And that's what this movie is. And that yeah, character. Yeah. Terrific. Clyde Shelton. Um, my final one is um, a movie that you and I are both massively fond of. And that's um, Prince Baron from Flash Gordon, played by mm. Timothy Dalton, um, who starts the movie as kind of this villainous character. Um, who's kind of... He's a dick. Yeah, he is a dick. Uh, he has a strong allegiance to to this tyrant leader, um, Emperor Ming. Um, and, you know, we even see him execute a young man in one scene. You're just like, how the, how on earth is, is Flash Gordon going to get this guy on his side? But, yeah, he does. Those two have a fight to the death, kind of about two-thirds of the way through the movie. You know, Baron and, and Flash Gordon on the... On the um, the sky platform um, whipping each other um, on a spiked ring. Uh, an amazing sequence, which we loved talking about in our episode, uh, our second ever episode, I think. Uh, those of you who haven't seen Flash Gordon, what are you doing? It's just a, a, a magical space sci fi camp opera. extravaganza, yeah. extravaganza yeah, space opera, whatever you want to call it. Um, and has some amazing action sequences. I think it came out in 1980, um, directed by Mike Hodges. Um, wasn't particularly popular in the US, but was a huge hit in the UK. So yeah, they, they fight to the death, and uh, Flash ends up saving Prince Baron's life, who then switches allegiances to, to team up with Flash Gordon to take down the um, uh, the Emperor Ming and his, uh, his whole kind of um, kingdom, if you like. Um, amazing. Baron switches all the, or, or Timothy Dalton switches on all the charm for the second half of the movie, jumping around the place like Errol Flynn in a Robin Hood mm-hmm. film. And uh, yeah, it's 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 just a great. You know, he's a great sympathetic uh, movie villain who has this kind of change of heart and 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 you know teams up with the with the with the protagonist of the film to uh, to overthrow everything. So yeah, Prince Baron is my final movie villain excellent one of the best looking posters of all time yeah absolutely superb i want to do more on flash gordon i love it i remember you quoting uh from another uh on our podcast when we had it uh you quoted a reviewer who said it was a discotheque based in the clouds yeah it is it is that's what that's exactly (laughs) what it is So, since you came up with four, I just thought about one off the top of my head, and I'm going to put it up there. Sympathetic okay. villain. Probably one. It's probably on top 
three all time in sci fi, and that's Khan from Star Trek. Oh, Khan. I thought you said Kong. <laughs> Not King Kong. <laughs> but that's a good one as well. Kong's a good one. Yep. Kong, Kong you know, is it, a good one. Yeah. Another yeah. one. But you know what? But Kong has switched sides so many times. You got to put which one you, you could talk about the 1932 one. You could probably talk about that one or the 76 one. 76. Yep, 76. But no, for me, it's it's Khan from The Wrath of Khan, Star yeah. Trek. Yeah. Um, a man who was created, you know, uh, by science. Uh, mm hmm. Who was put on a? Who was seeking revenge on, on basically him, his, his life, uh, and going after Captain Kirk for leaving him on a desolate planet where his wife died, and yeah. still going yeah. after him, and you know almost to the point where he wants to make him suffer. But you could see why because his people died. Good choice. Good list. Um, a lot more fun than our last episode, which was uh, which was a tough slog talking about uh, <laughs> movies that shouldn't be remade. Um, it was hard but, to get through. <laughs> it was hard to get through, but no, I enjoyed doing it. I did enjoy yeah. doing it, but we need to have more fun than doing things like that. So, um, yeah, um, we'll be like and subscribe again, please. We should say this at the start, shouldn't we? Um, please like and subscribe. We've got um, uh, some great followers at the moment, and we've got our Facebook page as well and our Instagram page. So, you know, join up there and, and, and we'll let you in. You just kind of like, I don't know how you do it. I never know how you do it. You just, you, you get in and then you, you're allowed to submit on the Facebook page. Um, we're going to be back pretty soon in the next few days, I think, possibly on um sunday or monday not quite sure which day yet but we're going to be doing cool cruel summers 1988 finally we've got the time to do it um this coming weekend so yeah incredibly excited about that um and we're almost done with it we're almost done with two episodes left and then we can think about where this channel goes next after that and you know we can't do this without your suggestions We've got loads of ideas. We've got plenty of them. There's 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 all sorts we can be doing. In fact, I want to. There's there's a lot of the audio podcasts that we've done that, that are on YouTube or aren't even on YouTube that we might touch on again. And we're going to do something as well with American Werewolf um, as we get closer to our first anniversary, which is going to be mid October. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think we'll do a live edition based on American Werewolf, which is going to be fun. And we're also we're going to do. Um, uh, pretty soon a Nightmare on Elm Street quiz so um, we'll be putting some information out there about that fairly soon and uh, hopefully we can uh, make it as successful as the Friday the 13th one yeah looking forward to it as always stick to the roads and the best of luck ta-ta goodbye <laughs> what the f- <laughs> bye <laughs> bye bye <laughs>